the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one toronto city councillor shelly carroll is here amanda galbraith principal at navigator host of free for all fridays and mark mendelson called out of the chorus for a principal role today nice to have you as well thanks for pinch hitting because we uh, we came up uh, short on panelists um, put me in coach there you go uh, I should have used a sports metaphor. It's true. I don't think you're much of a chorus boy. Um, City Hall hopeful Mark Saunders is going to be here at 8.05 this morning. And he's actually started a website to attack Olivia Chow. And uh, what he's uh, hoping is that other candidates are going to line up behind him or at least just join him in the firing squad. Uh, Shelly Carroll, I know you're associated with Anna Bailao's campaign. Um, I, my own sense is we've entered a new phase in the campaign where basically it's, it could get pretty ugly. Oh yeah, this is uh, you know we're down to the to the last couple of weeks and it does get ugly. Um, we're really uh, looking at uh, advanced polls are going to be the people who are really engaged all along and and so they'll go and cast their votes. So now it's time to grab the undecided, and so you're going to see a lot more television and radio ads, and uh, there'll probably be some attack ads in there. Don't I doubt very much that any of these people are going to drop out though, because no. the, the nature of campaigning nowadays is if you want to get the best in the business to manage your campaign. One of the things you sign on the dotted line is that you're staying until the end. Right. I mean, no campaign advisor wants their candidate to drop out even before voting day. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Galbraith, by the sounds of it, this is the first time I can actually say that there's a baby on the panel. Uh, yes, he's decided he's very active today, so I'm doing my best here. That's okay. He's, he's I thought he was commenting on my... my... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've accused some of my panelists of being babies. Uh, but uh, Amanda, do you think anybody's going to drop out? I don't. And Shelley seems to be on the same page. Uh, I doubt it. I mean, I, it's possible. But like to your point a little earlier on the show, there's no advantage to doing so, right? Like with a leadership campaign or any other kind of like that election, if you drop out, you can get a, a plum cabinet position or whatever. Um, I mean, given Olivia Chow is a front runner, I mean, Josh Matlow in theory could do so, but she doesn't need him. Um, and then the rest of them, I mean, it's a long shot to offer you X, Y, and Z. So I think, I think, I just don't think there's enough time to collaborate with that. Bruno agrees, by the way. So. Oh, okay, good to know. <laughs> uh, and Mark Mendelson, were you still uh, at Toronto Police Service when Mark Saunders was the chief? Not that that's particularly relevant, but I'm curious. No, Mark. Uh, Mark came in after I retired, but Mark and I certainly worked in homicide for well over a decade together. So I've known him for over thirty years. But you're right. This is when the darts come out. This is when uh, the front runner in, in in Olivia Chow has the target on her back, and uh, they're they're all going to take their shots now. And and, and you know, Mark has uh, you know put together this uh, this website, and uh, it's going to be part of the full frontal attack. This is what happens, as Shelley said, we're coming into the into the end of the runway here. There's a lot of undecided people. She's the front runner by a, a huge margin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, are they going to start to team up and, you know, put coalitions together? I, I, I agree with, every, with the other speakers. I don't think it's going to happen. Let me stick with you for a second, because our next story is about how the guy who allegedly threatened to harm mayoral candidates got bail yesterday. You're a guy who served at Toronto Police Service. Were you surprised by that? Oh, not for a minute. <laughs> not <laughs> okay. for a minute. Absolutely not for a minute. This is this has been a consistent story that we've talked about for years 
John, you and I, um, this is what's happening. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, there's a publication ban, as there often is in cases like this, where, you know, the media can cover the bail hearing and even see the, see the judgment, but they can't publish it because of concerns about a fair trial later on down the road and, you know, uh, tampering with juries and, and, you know, things of that nature. So we're not going to know. But here's a guy that was charged with sexual assault just a few months ago. The ink wasn't even dry on his original release conditions from the sex assault and, and he comes out with this one with an imitation gun threatening and, and of course now the new breach and we're supposed to believe as the, as the courts have ordered that this guy has to stay with his surety all the time and he can't go out without his surety that's a bit of cold comfort for me quite frankly because you know sexual assault and then right out intimidating people and threatening people who are running for the mayor nothing's going to stop this guy so this is just an unfortunate thing but let's remember this is not a city issue in terms of what what all the candidates right. are talking about Ch- yeah. bail changing bail it's federal okay well shelly carroll we talked to an expert in bail and she wasn't necessarily supporting what the judge decided yesterday but she was offering that it was probably because of the house arrest aspect more severe than you might have expected well, as long as that's adhered to. But of course, we know there's a long track record of that not being adhered to, which is why, you know, it's. I wish it was a joke, but it's not. But, you know, if we were joking, we would say this is tailor-made for, for the campaign that's going on right now. Because there is a history of the city getting together around, uh, you know, gun control measures and things like that and pressuring the federal government when these things rear up and they, they really are affecting life in the city. And so municipal governments can have a great influence on how this policy rolls out federally. And I think you're going to see a lot of Torontonians asking this question, not only of candidates, but of each other. And so this dialogue is not going to go away because in the middle of this, you know, everyone's paying attention point in time. This guy's history points to we got to do something about bail reform. Yeah, Amanda Galbraith, I get the principles of bail. I get the principles of, you know, I defend not criminally responsible mandates and stuff like that. But I just don't understand how somebody who violates bail gets bail. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, like just the way Mark like Mark laughed at the beginning, like that just tells you how bad this is yeah. at, the, at this stage, right? That it's like, of course, we didn't expect this. You know, the fact that he's got a potential sexual assault that he's threatened people, and yes, I know it wasn't like a wet, it was a BB gun or whatever. But I mean, regardless, I just think at some point, like enough is enough. Um, we're seeing crimes, you know, repeated all over the city by a small group of individuals who are constantly getting it. And I just think, I mean, I've, I've just, I've had it. Um, I find this very frustrating and frankly angering as a citizen. So I think, yeah. It, it is interesting that the feds seem to have a deaf ear to this, but then the PMO seems to have a deaf ear to a lot of things. The Canadian Federation for Independent Business says as many as 250,000 small businesses could go out of business because the government is being too hard-ass about collecting back a loan that went out during uh, COVID. And Amanda Galbraith um, yeah, I, I don't know what I think about this, to be perfectly honest. It was an interesting conversation I had with the head of the CFIB. I feel for these businesses, but I also think that uh, there has been a fairly generous timeline for the payback of what was uh, an interest-free loan. Yeah, and, you know, reading the stats, too, about kind of the size of these businesses, how, like, less than four employers are much more likely to, you know, to default on this. Um, these loans are, like, sixty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. I would just say... You know, I, I agree there's been a generous timeline. Um, if the federal government had been machine gun money around, like, you know, 
a bunch of pro athletes at a Vegas strip club, I'd say, you know, maybe we should be like a little more conservative, but extending this for another year so that some of these businesses can stay afloat um, to me makes sense. I do think, I do believe though, that we artificially kept some businesses that would have failed alive through the different pandemic through some of this stuff. So some of this is going to be natural attrition, but um, to my mind, I think, you know, another six months or grace for a few of those that would stay alive um, to me, like, isn't going to hurt anything given what they're spending money on already. All right. Mark Mendelson, you're a small businessman, aren't you? I am, but I, I, I didn't take out the loan, but I can tell you, John, I, I live in Midtown and I'm surrounded uh, in my neighborhood with small mom and pop shops that I would much prefer to uh, to give my money to than say the big box stores. But every time I walk out onto Young Street from my house and I walk around every day, another small mom and pop shop has closed. Now, whether that's because they just couldn't get through the pandemic, whether that's because people found uh, online shopping to be the way to go during the pandemic and decided they didn't need stores anymore. Uh, I don't know. And it could be the rents as well. I mean, you know, we can all imagine what rents are on Young Street. But having said that, you've got all these people now, uh, you know, almost ni- almost 90% of small businesses took out the loans and only 10% have actually paid it back. And I would like to see CRA turn around and say, okay, look, you, you don't have to pay the full nut right now, but let's set up a, a monthly payment plan that, that you can manage and still say, stay afloat. And I think that negotiation should happen. And do you know what? That is exactly what the, the federal government has become bad at. And I don't even know that this is party-driven. It's sort of a systemic problem that that someone's got to solve. Anyone who has a student loan can can relate to this because you can't one-on-one call this government and explain your case anymore. It's become this, this system that can't hear your particular case. And business people are are just as unique as individuals. Uh, their reason for needing extension needs to be exactly what Mark said, negotiated. And yet, that's something this government has become incapable of doing. That's what's got it. We got to get back to a sort of individualized customer service type of uh, uh, service within this government, so that they don't have to extend the deadline for two hundred and fifty thousand. Some should be paying it back and probably can. So let's go case by case. There ought to be a way to do that, province by province, case by case. We often talk on the show when it comes to uh, generational finances about the fact that uh, boomers are handing over estates to their kids. And yet today, I'm looking at a personal finance column where apparently a lot of adult kids are supporting their parents because they didn't save enough for retirement. Uh, I don't know if you want to get personal about this, Shelley. You were telling me off the air about stuff, but I mean, this is sure, a topic you sure. know about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's pinching me uh, uh, two ways. Uh, uh, my dad uh, uh, chose uh, uh, to take stock options instead of pension, and now we're helping him out with that. And and similarly, my older sister didn't save, and so we're helping out there. And that's what's happening. The sandwich generation, you're getting squeezed in every direction if you were the person who saved or you are the person who has a generous pension. And so you got to ask the questions early and no parent wants to be treated like a child, as they all say, by their kid. But you really need to ask early on because I'm telling you, when when the long-term care time comes and you don't want your your parent to share a room with a stranger, it's probably coming out of your pocket. Okay, we got to call it there because we're at a racetrack. But my thanks to Amanda Galbraith and Bruno. Good morning, Bruno. Uh, Mark Mendelson and Shelley Carroll live in studio, I might add. 
Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.